welcome to this week's weekend watch kindly sponsored by svk with myself as always andrew mount and daryl carter uh, a busy one again newbury newmarket ripon uh, and they're the scheduled meetings that we're going to cover um, and the guys will give you anything else if they've got it. Not quite as, as jam-packed with winners as we'd have liked last week or as normal. The weather and the ground put paid to quite a lot of selections, I think, from all of us in the end. Um, plenty of them didn't even end up running. Uh, Welliap was put up by us all, mainly because we thought the ground would suit and that paid off. Uh, with Welliat winning. Andrew and Daryl both gave us Dashing Roger as well. Um, and and uh, Daryl also had Foxy's Tail who managed to prevail. So fingers crossed for more and uh, the same this week. We start with Newbury. The 145 is the Denford uh, Stakes, which is a listed contest. Uh, Roger Varian won this race last year with St. Lawrence. They try again with Bayside Boy. Uh, Andrew Baldwin's Masakila is also um, a horse who we should really take into account. They're very closely matched in the betting. And um, guys, and it, it kind of does seem to be between those two, Daryl. Yeah, very tricky race to, to kick off. A, a good race, though. Uh, the potential to see a, a real top-class horse go forward here. Yeah. Uh, Bayside Boy is very interesting on debut. Um, I'm not entirely sure they thought he was going to win that day. A little drift in the betting. Half-brother the Forest Ranger. First two-year-old winner for Roger Varian of the season. First time out. Uh, quicker than the race... Uh, the next race on the card, won by Reach for the Moon. Now, that form ties in quite nicely with uh, Masakela of Andrew Boldins at the top of the market uh, on, on the uh, Cheshire run. But Masakela, first run on quick ground, was a second uh, by a short head in the superlative stakes, Group 2. That sets the form standard, no doubt about it. Bayside Boy, visually very impressive. Round with his head quite high uh, in the closing stages. Really didn't know his job on, on debut. I think... Um, with racing, he's going to be a potentially smart horse. If he can put his head down and uh, and, and and learn how to race, I think he could be quite smart. Seattle King's interesting. Picked up a race that a few good types have won in the past. Looks of here comes when positive. Uh, a bit like Bayside Boy, he was very green early on and then stuck on in the closing stages. Lots of um, stamina in his ped pedigree. Half-brother to uh, tribal craft. He might not be quick enough for this. Um, so I did think it was between the top two. Just quick quick mention for Rob John. For Richard Hannon, this horse has uh, been crying out for a step up and trip, I think. Seven furlongs should suit him first time today. He wasn't given the best of runs at Goodwood last time. Um, he stuck on really nicely to, to suggest seven furlongs would suit him. He's not without a, without a shout. But uh, the top of the market, very hard to split. I won't be having a bet in this race. Um, I think they're too tightly matched uh, and the market's got it spot on. So there's no yeah. angles for me to get involved here. I'll just be watching it. Slight preference, I guess, for... Uh, for Bayside Boy, if um, if he's going to stick his nut down and uh, and get the job and, and get on with the job, yeah, um, obviously just a small field as well, so on with two places on offer. And um, Daryl mentioned there, Andrew, obviously that drift as well on Bayside Boy. It was the way he went about things. You assume they definitely didn't think that was how it was going to be because I think he went off at nine to one in the end. Yeah, that's right. And um, he's a new bay, and um, new bay uh, is a side who doesn't get many winners on their race course debuts. They've got a really high strike rate second time out, though. And of the four new bays who did win first time out, two of them followed up, um, the last two as well. And you mentioned Roger Varian winning this race last year. He also won it in 2014, so he's two from two in this race since he's been training. And uh, I really like Bayside Boy here. I mean, Newbury, generally speaking, favours horses uh, who are up with the pace on the straight track. And the, the, the runner-up, uh, the third, the fourth in that Newbury race, you know, we're all on the front end throughout. So Bayside Boy is... You know, he's green, he's in rear, he's in the completely wrong place. And the next thing, you know, not only is he one, but he's one by over three lengths. 
Um, so I, I thought he should probably be favourite, you know, despite the fact that the Andrew Balling runner has got that group formed from a new market. So I, I think he's a very exciting prospect. It might just be worth mentioning, there's not a load of pace on in this race. And he was quite keen, wasn't he, uh, on debut. And they tried to cover him up quite a bit. Um, mm. That could just be something yeah, to keep uh, an eye out for. I mean, when, when you're talking about two-year-olds who've had one or two lifetime starts, it's dangerous to talk about sort of pace maps and you know where the pace mm. is going to come from. Because generally speaking, that you know where how he raced on his debut was probably by accident rather than by design. They'd probably have loved him to break out the stall smartly and make all the running, but it just you know didn't happen yeah. because of an inexperience. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm expecting him to um, you know obviously know a lot more and probably be ridden more prominently this time. But not, nothing to write home about the price of thirteen to eight, but still probably a little bigger than he should be. I think. Yeah, and as you say, I suppose whether you get, you don't can't make too much of a plan on two year olds because if they don't jump well enough, you can't make the running. So. Uh, and obviously a small field as well, so we'll see we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, both the siding there with uh, Bayside Boy, more or less, <laughs> but very difficult. Yeah. Uh, uh, onto the two twenty at Newbury we go. Jeffrey Freer Stakes Group Three event um, is last year's winner of this. Another year older and another year wiser. Uh, Hakum very clear on ratings um, in this race by some way. Um, Andrew, will it be that simple? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Hukum. Uh, I'm glad you said Hukum because I was going to call him Hukum. Hukum. Rhy- I know. Well, I'm never rhyming I'm never with. Oh, no, don't do that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, horse I'm a big fan of. Um, went well in the first time. Tongue tie last time out at uh, York, winning that Group Three. He's had excuses generally when he's been beaten, and um, you know, but the, the ground should be absolutely fine for him. He seems to go on most things. So you know, winning on good last time, winning on soft previously. So. Not a particularly exciting selection, but I was with Hakum. And, um, yeah, Golden Pass was the one that I thought was the danger. And I think uh, he's probably second favourite, isn't he? Around about six to one. And, you know, given um, the excellent form of the Hugo um, Palmer Yard at the moment, uh, you know, I I thought all his horses were worth a second look this weekend. And, um, you know, maybe that one each way or that one uh, in the forecast to finish second to Hakum if you want a bet in the race. But, uh, I mean, he's probably unlucky not to be you know, arriving here on a, you know, on a hat trick, having finished second by a head at Pontefract a couple of runs ago, and you know, again, he's going the right way. Perhaps lacks a bit of the class of Hakum, but um, those were the two that I was looking at. Okay, Daryl. Yeah, he should be an absolute good thing here, but this <laughs> race, this race has got a habit of throwing up a surprise. Um, I remember when Romsdale was beaten in this race by Agent Murphy. Romsdale just finished three lengths off postponed a few years ago. Um, look, Hukum is miles clear for me. He's very difficult to oppose. But I've just, I'm just going to go with my gut here. Three-year-olds got a fantastic record in this race. If they're not winning, they're always in the first two. Um, there's eight runners, three places on offer. I think Recovery Run, who caught the eye big time at, at Goodwood last time behind Nagano. Um, other than Nagano, was the only one to come from off the pace. Uh, to make a challenge, and he was sticking on at the finish. I think um, I think he's got a bit more to come, and I think back on a, a slightly better surface, I don't think he'll want it too quick, but I think he's got to be in with a shout. He's got to be there or thereabouts, being the only three-year-old in the race. He receives £10 um, weight for age allowance. That puts him on a mark of 108, and then he receives yeah. a further £3 because Hukum saddles a penalty. Um, that puts him on 111. That gives him £3 of improvement to farm with Hukum. Um, providing who can runs up to a mark of 114. But that puts him miles clear than everything else in the field. Um, 
he's a double figure price. I think he's going to be wow. definitely in the frame. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be in the frame. Um, the other one I was looking at was our, our our friend Rodrigo Diaz, who we haven't got to the bottom of yet. Now I know he's got plenty to find on ratings here, um, and he may well want two miles, but he's ended up in the e-ball next week. Um, and he, he's going to need to win this or go very, very close to get a hike in the ratings to get into that race. Yeah. Um, so I suspect David Simcock and Adam Kerber will be doing everything they can to try to try and win this. I can see him running into a place, staying on strongly at the finish. He might just be outpaced. Look, Hukum is the class act. We all know that. Um, but my gut says this is just ask. This has got an upset written all over it. Because yeah. in my opinion, Hukum should be much shorter than than a shade of odds on. I I just I just I've just got a gut feeling these races are never that straightforward, are they? I'm going to go for a recovery run to 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 at least run into a place at a double figure price. No races are ever that straightforward. Um, well, you'll be glad to hear that I do always like Rodrigo Diaz, as you know. And then I start I had a look at without a fight, Sleeping Lion. They're all course horses, so I just shut the book and thought, you know what, I don't have to pick one in all of the races. So I, <laughs> so I managed to get out of of it completely because I do like um, Hakum, but we all know that nobody's going to be rushing to put all their money on at that kind of price anyway. So. Uh, made things easy and, and sat out because I'm allowed to. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, uh, on to the next 255 Newbury. Uh, just the small fields for this Class 3 handicap. Um, how good do we think this favourite is? Um, swept everything aside at Donny. First run after a wind operation I thought was was very interesting. And uh, Daryl, have we got another horse at a, you know, a short price that should be able to make things easy? I think so. I mean, you go back to his, his run here at Newbury, uh, he's behind Udalali, who's now rated over 100. Mithras is rated 88. The fifth, Arian Powers, rated, uh, I think, 101. Yeah. Everything points to he should be a 100 horse. Uh, he's done nothing but improve with each start. I mean, that was really mm -hmm. impressive at Doncaster on seasonal return after a long layoff to, to record an RPR of 103. It's not many yeah. handicapped debutants that um, record a, an RPR nine pounds higher than their than their current rating. I think he's the one to be on the second start after a wind up. Clive Cox won this race uh, last year with River Nymph. Yeah, there's there's not many negatives. I, I wouldn't want to be taking him on. I, he's, he's the most likely winner for me. The other one I thought I thought Magical Wish had a, a fair chance. He tends to go well at this time of year. Yeah, He's 12 wet pounds, but better off with uh, Diocles of Rome, who's obviously bigger in the betting. But... Um, He's a nice horse. Magical Wish, he, he does what he wants. He he, he tried to point the runner out, didn't he? He could do it last time. Um, but it was only inside the last 50 yards he decided to stick his head down and, and just decide, OK, I'm going to go and win this now. He, he, he's a horse that saves a little bit for himself, I think. So uh, yeah. he, he could have plenty more to come. Uh, Giles, interesting, but I think he's a travelly thing. I think he just travels through races and finds absolutely nothing off the bridle. Even if, yeah, even his Wolverhampton win, he almost pulled himself up at the front. Um, so I'd be scarce to back him. But yeah, I'm going to stick with the Fab, the, fav, the Clive Cox horse. I think uh, open to further improvement, no negatives. Second start to win up. There's, there's plenty to like. Calls and distance form. Yeah, I can't knock him really. Yeah. Um, did you see? I'm just trying to get it up before I say it, but the horse yesterday, uh, this is on Friday, by the way. Um, at Lingfield at Danny Tudhope Road and it literally come there on the bridle and then when it got to the when it got to oh, the other horse Oslo. Oh 
Also, yeah, well, you literally got like the worst ride in the entire world, but it was one of them where he, that's exactly how he probably should have ridden it. Got yeah. to the girth of Menai Bridge and it went again. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, Oslo's got previous for doing that, and uh, well, I don't... Oslo, yeah, so which is why he rode in the way he did. But if you didn't know Oslo had previous, yeah. you'd have been throwing tomatoes at Danny Tuttle. I don't think I don't think the commentator knew him very well either because he basically said, and you know, Oslo looks know. like he's just joined in. They're like, no, mate, that's Oslo. Yeah, yeah, he still won't win. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was hot. It was not nice watching, I have to say. They're the worst ones, those. Um, uh, Andrew, the race? Yeah, I mean, uh, Aratus, Aratus is a system qualifier for me based on um, Clive Cox, three-year-old handicappers in, in sort of better handicaps, but staring at the price of nine to four, having seen them at six to one when, um, you know, the bet, betting first open on this, you, you're kind of thinking, well, you know, do you, do you want to be putting him up at that price? And he did pull quite hard. I know he won very easily last time, but he did take a bit of a tug. A small field here. And we've probably got one front runner and that's Jack's point uh, yeah. coming out of store one who hasn't done a great deal since joining Tom Clover, but has got the back class to win a race like this. And, um, and certainly, if he gets an uncontested lead, which on paper looks likely, then he's potentially well handicapped. He's 25 to 1. You know, he could blast and go and be hard to uh, pick up. So, probably Aratus, but I'll just go Jack's point at a price in the hope that he can get left alone on the front end. Yeah, just looking down there in some of those races, I was looking Goodwood, Sandown last year. He's only got beaten a length, a length and a half, two lengths on some of those off 98, 99. Yeah, and that's the last mm. time he, he had anything like a sort of smallish field. You know, mm. Third of ten at Sandown uh, on his final start for um, Willie Muir. Yeah. And, but, it's, you know, so you look at his runs for his current yard, they've all come in like you know, massive fields, generally yeah. speaking. And the last one over a mile, which was too far for him. So okay. yeah, it's half a squeak for Jack's point in a price. OK, we like the favourite then and the entire outside of <coughs> Jack's point. Um, the last scheduled at Newbury is the Hungerford Stakes Group 2. Uh, the last 12 winners of this have all been drawn in stall 6 or lower. So that actually rules out quite a lot of the, the first few in the betting if we're to take that on trust. I'm not going to, though. Uh, I thought that Sacred was really interesting. Easing grade, back down in trip. Didn't think saw out the, the, the trip in the 1,000 guineas and still wasn't beaten very far. Uh, she's also won on both of her first runs of the season. So on her debut run, she won. And she also won on her first run back. So I'm not worried about the break either. I think, if anything, her being freshened up is her positive. So uh, I'm siding with uh, Sacred. Um, Daryl, would you like to tell me the reasons to not go with Sacred? No, no, no. Sacred's one of two that I think <laughs> could win this, to be honest. There's four group winners in this race. Sacred, Dubai... Yeah. Nando Parado and Tactical. Now, Tactical Nando Parado won as two-year-olds. Sacred won, I would say, what was a, a weak Phillies race, really. Dubai is the most decorated horse in this race. I cannot believe Dubai is 14 to 1. In it. that, that is, they must be mad to put him in. Al Sahal, for me, at the top of the market, has been chosen by William Buett. But I don't think Al Sahal, I think he takes too long to quicken. I don't think this drop back and trip is going to suit him. I don't. I think he's a little bit tripless. I think they've uh, struggled with him. Um, yeah, he's he's talented, but but oh my God, Dubai. Now he's been off 177 days since Dubai since running in um, in Maidan last time. He comes here off the back of a Group One, a Group yeah. Two win. Um, his form figures off the back of uh, a break read two one two one o four. Four six two. The zero was in a group one in Australia. The four was in a group three in Australia. So you can write them off. The yeah. six was beaten two lengths by Space Blues at Haydock. Um, 
the form figures when running in the UK after the Maidan, he, he finished second. He was being half a length by the Tin Man over six furlongs. Um, he's got some rock solid form, seven furlongs, good to firm ground. Form figures read two, one, one, three. Um, and the third was behind Limato, and the yeah. second was on debut. So he, he's, there is lots of reasons to think he he's going to run well here. The, the quicker the ground, the better for him. Um, in this race, not in this race last year, but his last visit to Newbury, he's beaten one and three quarter lengths by Glorious Journey. Glorious Journey's no mug. Uh, if Glorious Journey was in here, he'd be almost favourite for this race. Um, but he got no run that day, and he, he, he blasted home. He's a very smart horse. He'll be staying strongly at the finish. I cannot believe he's a 14 to one shot. I really can't. He's entered next week in the uh, city of York. He's six to one for that. And he's 14 to one for this. Now that might suggest that they're assuming he's going to need the run, but I don't think he does. I think he goes well off the back of a break. I think they might be judging him a little bit on his final start in the UK, which was Kempton six furlongs. That six furlongs is too sharp for him. That was his first yeah. run on the all weather. Better judged than his listed um, third behind glorious journey. Uh, here at Newbury, I think he's got a massive chance at fourteen to one. Cannot believe he's that price. Okay, Andrew. I don't like this race. I started looking at it on Monday for my racing and football outlook column. I'm still looking at it now, and I'm still none the wiser. <laughs> I mean, the only you know, if you gave me a pound, I'd probably have fifty p each way on um, Nando Parado in the first time blinkers, a probable pace angle blasting off that down the middle from stall seven. When you do get upset results at Newbury, it does tend to be because of a pace bias and you know, horse getting loose on the leader of the straight course and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to go 40 to 150 to 1, something like that but uh, yeah, it is no more than a very, very sort of token um, selection and I'll bow to your better judgment guys. I don't, I don't know we've got better judgment, but thank you. Uh, yeah, Nando Prado, as you say, is 40, 50 to 1. Um, Dubai, best prices are 14, 16 and yeah, and sacred for me, I think, is about sevens, fifteen to two, something like that. So all uh, lots of value in that race. Um, anything else for either of you at Newbury races that we've not covered? No, not for me. No, not for me either. Thank you, Leona. Okay, perfect. Uh, on to Newmarket we go then. Phillies race over at one six, and my nap of the day goes in here. Or can we um, guess it? If you want, Quineldor. I leaned over. Best horse oh. name ever. Um, stepping up in trip. <laughs> we've seen her to very good effect in bumpers, haven't we? I thought ran really well on the flat so far to me. Enlisted contest over shorter. This is a much easier race. Distance is perfect, I think. Um, and the other two that are quite close or above, I'll just check before I say it, uh, in the betting, I think both want more cut in the ground. So, uh, nap of the day goes in here for me. Uh, I leaned over. Um, Farrell, want to start? Yeah, I, I think she's got a great chance. Um, I just worry about that handicap mark of 92. I just don't know where she's she's earned that, to be honest with you. Um, that would be the slight concern for Eileen Dover. But I do think she's got a great chance. Midrise, been better on the all-weather. She's definitely talented, but maybe an all-weather horse. Gua is uh, not sure to stay this trip. Military's two-step has been poor. Uh, McAwee was very interesting, but if she's going to win off a mark of 101, I mean, this is a big drop in class for her. But yeah. uh, a mark of 101. She's got a little bit of question marks to answer after the last couple of runs, I guess. Uh, I thought single, the outsider of the field, was one of the more interesting runners. Rose Dawson takes off seven pounds, running effectively off a mark of 70. Very lightweight, trips perfect, shown plenty of ability in, in a few starts. I think this is a poor race, really. 
So I think it's between That's the why two. I think going to win. Yeah, I think it's between the two. I leaned over and single. Um, just to be different to you, I'll go single. Um, yeah, sort of. Okay, uh, Andrew. Um, yeah, I quite like this race. I didn't particularly like Eileen Dover. I was worried about the ground for that one. Um, I'm going to side with Quinnell Dor, the likely pace angle. Uh, was a big market drifter when um, making the running and only finishing fifth here last time out. But there was an awful lot of pace in that race. And uh, needless to say, they set it up for one of the closers, um, Save the Forest. I think the runner-up came from off the pace then as well. So um, that was listed company. Um, coming back to a handicap is going to suit her. And she's by Golden Horn, a sire whose three-year-old progeny tend to um, get going from August onwards. Um, you'd have made a good profit back in the mall under that system last year. A couple of winners already so far this month um, for the, the current three-year-old crop. So I thought Quenel Dor would probably make all the running, or at least uh, that's what I'm hoping. And um, the, the other one I liked was single. Um, I'm looking at the prices as well. This is a bigger price than Quinnell Dora. I'm going to have to back this one. Uh, ran at Ascot last time out in a very odd race, which it looked like they'd gone quite hard up front, but um, the pace held up. It was the race won by Speedo Boy. And um, there was a group of four who went clear that day. And uh, they included the winner, the second and the fourth. The only one to make any ground from off the pace and um, you know, get in the frame was single in third. Got beaten six and a bit lengths, but I still thought that was a run worth, worthy of a massive upgrade. So, um, yeah, if you press me for one selection, I'd probably go for single because I was just quite surprised, yeah, to find, quite surprised <laughs> to find that she's a bigger price than Quinn Eldor. Um, but I'll certainly be backing the pair. Okay, I've got them at the same. I've got them both at eights or both at nines. So. About, about four to one um, coupled then. So that'll do yeah, um, I'm so chuffed that you both don't like the first two in the betting, which makes me think that mine is going to win, and it's a good now. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, best race ever next, the great race at Newmarket. Who doesn't love the Newmarket Grey Horse race? Just once a year we get this um, at 2.35, a great watching um, spectacle. So if you watch nothing else, please watch the 2.35. Um, and I've got a, a, a real fancy in this as well. Uh, Wentworth Falls is the horse I'm going to put up for you in this. Uh, becoming very well handicapped. Don't nod your head, Andrew. Uh, ben Curtis <laughs> on board. I thought on a lot of his runs this year, he's only been beaten four or five lengths. He's not been running badly. I'm not going to say I think he's had a couple of quieter runs because I don't know if I'm even allowed to say it, but I just did. Um, and has now dropped £10 for the season. So... That's that I think Wentworth Falls is, is a huge price. Um, 17 of the last 18 winners of this race didn't win on their last start. The first three in the betting at the moment all won on their last start. So, um, and Jed O'Keefe, did I read somewhere this morning that he's got a 50% strike rate at Newmarket? Is that right? Uh, I'll, I'll check that while uh, Daryl's you find um, out give, while give Daryl goes given first. his spiel. If it is, that's great. <sighs> I'm not a massive fan of this race, Leona, but you did sell it to me quite well then with your excitement. Um, it's, no, it's not the Grey's race. It's more of just this race in particular. I just think so oh, many of these are so unreliable. They're so unreliable. <laughs> you, you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. I actually did come down on Wentworth Falls as well. Uh, the reapplication of the, the, the cheap pieces I thought was was a good sign. I thought he was the best handicapped horse in the race or there he or thereabouts. Is. 
Yes, he is. His last visit to uh, to Newmarket, he ran behind, albeit it was you know June last year, he ran behind Highland Dress in a good class three Norton 95 race where um, I thought he was quite eye-catching. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's never, never been beaten far here at uh, Newmarket. I thought the drop, well, not drop, compared to his last run at Newmarket, the dropping class into a class four um, would suit him. The reapplication of cheap pieces were interesting. I thought he was the most interesting runner for me. Ditto. Go on, Andrew. Tell us. Um, I think Wentworth Falls is well handicapped because he's a nine-year-old who hasn't won for over a year and needs everything to drop right. He's a bloody Gunno. hard horse to win with. And, I mean, in, in his favour, you've got a smallish field so because he often finds trouble, so that should help him avoid that. And there are a few pace angles in the race, so uh, you know, he should have the race run to suit. Um, but he's a horse who's... You know, people keep expecting to bounce back, keep back in each way because he comes there travelling and then he finishes fourth and disappoints you. So I hope you get on <laughs> with an extra place. Jed O'Keefe, three from 54 at Newmarket, so I'm not sure where that one's um, come from. Who's lied to me about that then? Okay, um, um, yeah. selection though for the great right, race. Well, I mean, the great thing about this race is you get the same horses coming back year after year. Is it's more like a Cheltenham Festival race. And I mean, George Bowen's running, and he won this in 2015. Um, uh, my style of course won it last year, yeah. and uh, Case Keys won it in 2017, 2019. So obviously only wins it in um, odd numbered years. So it's probably due a win. Year. I mean, Case Keys, a fantastic horse at this time of year, comes alive in July, August. Four wins from eleven at the trip at this time of year, and um, plus twenty nine pound fifty, I think, to a one pound stake. Yeah. Um, but will he get taken on for the lead this time? You've got uh, Mitro's on fire as well, who's uh, likely to be up with the pace. Cahors can make the running. Um, so there was a. I was going to look at some some other ones. Devil's Angel. I was quite taken with uh, his course and distance win last time out mm. um, when he came from off the pace and um, yeah, the, the runner up Frank that form. The ninth is one since. I think the horse in fifth came out and ran a close second next time. So Devil's Angel on the short list. Last year's winner, my style, always takes three or four wins and runs to come to hand. And uh, though was behind Devil's Angel with no obvious excuse last time out. And uh, the one I'll probably side with, um, I put up last time is an each way bet, and we, we sort of scraped fourth at Chester with um, four places. That's Brian the Snail, who does really well when dropped to class four company. Um, this grade or lower, four wins from uh, at, a, at a second and fourth from six starts in his career. So, mm. uh, you know, he's, he's obviously, uh, you know, at the tail end of his career, he's a seven year old now. But yeah, he ran all right at Pontefract last time. That was in a class three dropping in grade. Uh, I'll go for my old friend Brian the Snail. But you know, if Case Key won, it wouldn't surprise me. My style, Devil's Angel. It's you know ultra competitive. But uh, looking at the ones I've mentioned, he's the biggest price. So Brian the Snail each way. Okay. Um, anything else in any of the other races at Newmarket? Either of you? Um, oh, Great Ambassador in the three oh five. This is a good six furlong handicap, class two. And uh, this is a horse who ran an absolute blinder against the draw bias in the Stewards Cup last time, finishing third of 24 behind uh, Comanche Falls. You look at the draw that day, winner drawn 23, runner up drawn 22. And um, he came out of stall seven. So that, that was a cracking run. It's a great ambassador. Nine to four. I'm just trying to find a price. I think. Nine to two, nine to four, two completely different. Yeah, I'm say in the same race as well, uh, Miras, who uh, <coughs> ran a good race in the Scottish Stewards Cup and then didn't enjoy the big field in the Stewards Cup or the or the, or the ground. So uh, 
you know, in, in a smaller lineup, if Miras can dominate, you know, he might go well in the same race. But yeah, a bit, dis- bit disappointed about the nine to four price about Great Ambassador. Yeah, Miras is about tens, so much more. Um, Daryl, anything? Any yeah. of the other new market races? Yeah, I got two. Uh, one in the three hundred five. At Newmarket, I thought chairman of the board would go really well, returning back to the scene of his career best effort of a £3 higher mark. Um, he caught the eye a little bit last time at uh, Windsor behind Capote's dream and, and Treacherous. Okay. I thought he would go very well come back here. There is another one. So just, the three, just the three for that um, 11 runner race audience. <laughs> tri- tri- you're, you're welcome. <laughs> the tri-cars. Yeah, the 340. I'm not entirely sure. I've not seen a price for him yet. Sligo Bay. Uh, looks a very progressive handicapper for for Roger Charlton. Um, he's definitely got more to come. He's four pounds higher than when Saligo running down. Saligo Bay, nine to four. Saligo Bay, sorry, nine to four. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, perfect. Okay, moving on. Uh, we go to Ripon. Absolutely impossible. Um, consolation race for the Great St Wilford and the Great St Wilford itself. Um, the three ten is the first, and that is the consolation race. Um, I kind of have questions here as well as a, a selection. Um, do we think being drawn in the middle is a negative as regards being caught in the middle? I've seen that a higher draw has been more favourable in recent years. Um, so you can tell me about both on both. Um, I just about, I think, landed on I Am A Dreamer. Each way bet, bit of value, does well at Ripon, stall is fine if we want to be high. He's becoming well handicapped. And the last time this horse won, uh, PJ McDonald was on board and he gets back on. So I Am A Dreamer is about just about my selection, but I think it was a it's a rock hard race. Um, Andrew, do you have any views on any of my questions? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, regarding the draw, if, if you look at um, ribbon handicaps, uh, six furlongs, 16 or more runners since 2015, so going back six years, 10 qualifying races. Uh, eight of the 10 winners were drawn in double figures. The others were drawn in seven and nine. And the favourite um, is in stall uh, number? Um, good question. Uh, right. I mean, and, and again, looking at three of, three of those winners came from stall 19 or 20. But if you look at this season, we, we've had splits in fields as, as low as sort of 11, 12, 13 runners. And yeah. um, I mean, a few times earlier this season, uh, I, I risked the low numbers thinking they'd go solo on the far side. And they did, but they got beaten sort of five lengths plus. However, yeah. in, in recent me- at recent meetings, when they've done that, the, the low numbers have actually done pretty well. So but historically, you want to be high. Based on what I've seen at the last sort of three or four ribbon meetings, I'd say the low numbers aren't going to be inconvenienced. Really? So it's, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a minefield, which isn't particularly, I was just going to say, so that's isn't not particularly helpful. helpful. <laughs> and again, I mean, even even last year, um, we had a, a high drawn winner. Uh, yet we had a hundred to one second beaten a neck, winning the race on the far side, and four of the first six home were drawn low. So basically, last year there was absolutely nothing between it, and okay. you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a sort of similar similar thing. So I wouldn't want to say adamantly, for goodness' sake, do not back your horse if it's drawn low or high. Okay. Um, now, I mean, looking at these, there's um, a couple of, in, of interesting ones for me. Uh, four to more, he's got a good record at the track. One here last time out, uh, likes a strong pace. Um, th- three runs at Ribbon, third, third, and first. Citroen Major, who goes well here, um, and again. Um, six furlong handicaps, five wins from 22, profit mm. of over 23 quid. I mean, Danzan's prominent in the betting, but he's had 24 runs in handicaps. He's lost every single one of them. 
So uh, he's probably the pace on the far side to lead them yeah. uh, lead them along. But for goodness sake, if he looks like he's going to win, and don't press the button at even money in running because he usually manages to find at least one to beat him. Um, Ventura Express on the far side, five furlongs on good to firm is his bag. I don't think six will suit him. Um, Flying Pursuit is um, you know, on the far side of pace angle again, but I'm not totally convinced by his overall rip and profile. So yeah. I, I, was, I was looking at four to more and Citroen Major, stalls four and five. The two on the far side are going to get a good turn. All the pace here is low, uh, which is the, the opposite to what we're going to see in the Great St. Wilfred at 3.45. So, uh, yeah, four to more over Citroen Major. Oh, that's worrying because they're both the opposite end of the field to my. Maybe one, maybe one of us will be right. Um, Daryl? Yeah, I'm going to go for one uh, I think is a big price. Um, uh, Giorgio Vasari. Um, this, the form figures okay. on this all they don't uh, inspire confidence but I'm there's one jockey, the yeah the, what, there's one jockey that I love at this at this at Ripon he's profitable back he's got 24% stroke rate plus 41 pounds for one pound ever stay and that is D'Souza he is so good at front running in this course now I thought Giorgio Vasari would be drawn low I thought it would pop out try and make all the one and grab that grab that bar rail um, that was my thinking behind it um, he was a former former runner for, for Aidan O'Brien, I thought the, the, the first run for the yard at Chelmsford was quite eye-catching, just held up at the rear of the field, wasn't beaten too far by May Sonic, who's one of the most improving horses this season. I don't think a bend really suits. I thought straight track would definitely suit this horse. Uh, but he finished with plenty of running left, and it was just nice to... It, it, that was a, his best performance since running a group three at Dundalk when beating five lengths by Urban Beat. He's £10 below his, his top rating for, uh, for Aidan O'Brien. This horse was good enough to, to, to run in Group 3 company, etc. Both of his wins have come when making a running. So when he was held up at Chelmsford last time, it didn't really bother me too much. I think he's going to pop out. That's why they put D'Souza to try and make the run in here. I, I think you want to be a prominent racer at Ripon. I think it's very hard to come from off the pace. I think you want to try and be high or low, or grab, grab a rail, if you like. Um yeah, I thought he was a big, big price. I, I thought he could be well handicapped, so I was going to take a chance. In what is a wide-open race, I thought there was nothing wrong in taking a chance on him. I thought there was enough of a case um, for the 33-1 to 1 or whatever the price he's going to be. Yeah, oh, very good. Um, oh, come on, why are you going quiet? None of you like uh, that. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I was, I was just looking at... for the price to load. Is 33-1? <laughs> I was, I was looking at some stats. Um, Sylvester D'Souza riding at Ripon, regardless of the trip, since 2012. Uh, 32% strike rate, 43 winners from 133. Uh, massive profit at SP, £46.65. So, um, yeah, you're... Uh, uh, Sylvester's ride. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting that Derek had gone... This horse has won both his races by making all of the running. And they've gone to one of the, the specialist front runners in Sylvester D'Souza to get on board. Uh, and he gets the first-time visor. I should have mentioned that he won last year for Aiden in a first-time headgear and first-time blinkers, and they put a first-time visor on him today. So I thought there was lots of positives about a big price runner um, here. Derek cool. Shaw, trying to land a touch. Um, right, so, yeah, hard. <laughs> um, the actual William Hill Great St. Wilford itself uh, comes up at 3.45. Now, we had a question on social media about this race for Andrew because um, we like Mr Wagyu don't we Andrew but we only put him up at certain times of year and August isn't one of them yeah that's right I've always maintained he, he kind of comes to life in June June July he's had yeah. tw 26 runs in those two months 13 wins profit of about 55 quid to a pound 
Uh, in other months, he's naught from 27. He's had seven runs in August. He's lost them all. Um, one of those came in early August when he finished third at Newmarket. He was the six to four favourite. So, um, you know, you've got you've got a system. You've got to have a cutoff point. And you know, Mr. Wagyu, although I love him, he's gone beyond my cutoff point. He's probably not going to be able to get a soft lead. He's drawn an eleven. I assume he's going to come stand side. Although, depending what happens in the uh, consolation race, he, he could always go to the far side. Who knows? So, but there's stacks of pace in this race, and uh, I didn't think he was one I, would, I was going to bet this weekend. So, you know, best okay. of luck to best of luck to connections, but not for me. To- okay, what is for you? Because it's a ridiculously difficult race, of course, and again, draw matters, and depends what side you want to go on. It's right, you just back the favourite. I mean, we've had five winning favourites in the last 10 years, four to one, nine to two twice, five to one and seven to one. You make a good profit, but... Uh, Current uh, favourites yeah. are Mr Wagyu and Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I mean, again, we've got loads of pace amongst the high numbers. We've got a bait in stall 14. We've got the Blinkered first time, just another bottle in stall 19. Gale yeah. Force Mayor in stall 18. Uh, all her wins have come in single-figure field, so uh, that could be a problem. It, Intrinsic's interesting being drawn 20 in a hold-up horse. Um, I mean, Intrinsic's never won above Class 4 level, but did place behind Fortimore in a Class 3 course and distance contest last time. Yeah. And uh, I think Intrinsic Bond could, you know, could get pulled into it and place on the near side. Again, you've also got Soul Seeker, Stall 16, yet more pace on it. So, um, so I, I was looking, I mean, Music Society ran a really good race in the um, uh, Stewards Cup Consolation against the Bias. Um, yeah. generally, generally runs his race, but has to be referred to as the luckless music society because he keeps finishing second. Um, Staxton didn't seem suited by Goodwood, but got, has got a great rip and record. He's won on his last three visits to this track. So yeah. I'll give Staxton a good chance. Uh, and Lampang as well. Um, another Timmy to be one. If it was heavy, I'd be on Boardman, a horse Daryl and I have both tipped up um, earlier on this year at Chester, but I think yeah. the ground's too quick. And Illusionist wouldn't be without a chance as well. Um, probably better as sort of five, five and a half furlongs, but on the far side. Um, so, yeah, I, I was looking at Lampang, Staxton Music Society, Illusionist. I was um, sort of uh, going with that quartet, but I, I really didn't want to sort of put one up and say I'm backing this one because it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, exactly, exactly how I felt. Genuinely, I don't have a, a pick for this race yet. And not I'm not trying to put it out there to show off. I'm on ITV tomorrow and I will need a pick for this race. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Hopefully Daryl can offer some inspiration. Yeah, and I'll just copy Daryl. Um, go on. Not, not, not really. <laughs> to be honest, not really. Uh, I was looking at Lampang. I thought he was very interesting. Obviously, the D'Souza angle, etc. Um, I thought Manigordo would be interesting. I thought, like Andrew said, there was lots of pace drawn high. I thought him being in stall four, I thought he might just be able to tack over to that to that far rail, make all of the running um, and sort of be left alone. I think he's a horse that, that needs a soft lead to be at his best. So I thought he just might be able to get that under Paul Hannigan um, in this scenario. I think he's interesting. He's, he's a horse with a bit of an in-and-out profile. Yeah. You know, he can throw, throw in the odd bad one, but... I do think his best performances have come when he's just been allowed to bowl along out in front. He's had no no hassle for the lead. He's had hassle the last few times that the York race didn't really suit him. Um, he was he's a little bit pressured at Red Car. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm still got to do a little bit of work on the race films, but I thought Manny Gordo was one of the more interesting ones at twenty to one. Obviously, he's got that back class, hasn't he? From from his two and three year old season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was a big price, considering he might get a soft lead on the on the 
on the low drawn side. Okay, 20 to 1 currently, Manny Gordo. Um, as you can tell, I don't think any of us are ploughing into this race um, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. So do check out both of the guys' columns tomorrow, perhaps. Uh, for something a bit more solid, maybe, or maybe they'll have just changed their mind completely. <laughs> um, this is a very difficult race. Uh, anything else at Rippon Friday of you? Uh, not at Rippon. I've got a couple elsewhere, though. Darrell? Uh, just Kettle Hill in the 420. I'm not sure what price. I've not seen a price. Um, if, if he's going to be short, I'll, I'd leave him alone. But if you can get 3-1 to one or something, um, it's quite a competitive little field. So I thought if you can get 3-1 to one or bigger on Kettle Hill, I thought he's he's about to fulfil his his early promise um, off the back of a run at York last time, beating head by Garden Oasis. I think he's got more to come, so Kettle Hill is well to, handicapped. Nine to four. Nine to four. Oh, it's pushing it, isn't it? Borderline. Um, yeah, borderline. I know, we'll see. If he touches threes, I'd, I'd definitely have him. I could probably see him going the other way in the market, to be honest. Okay. Um, and anything anywhere else, Daryl? Uh, just um, over in Deauville, the Group 2, uh, D-Rab. Again, not seeing any prices. They're running him over a mile two again. Um, I'm not 100% convinced by that, but the field is poor. He should take all the beating, um, even over that sort of trip, um, providing they just hold on to him as long as possible, I suggest. Um, yeah, so Dirab uh, in the group two in Deauville. Okay, Andrew? Um, three o'clock, Doncaster, volatile analyst. Uh, horse I put up at air last time. Uh, had a luckless run, got hampered at the start uh, on the on the track that was um, favouring pace. I had to come from further back than ideal. Got hit on the head by a, a rival's whip, and in the end, probably didn't stay the mile trip. Coming back to seven furlongs, uh, loves flat tracks, and at Bath in the five ten Chipstead, who did well to finish second at Newmarket against the pace bias last time. Every uh, winner that meeting was making the running, and uh, uh, he came from further back than ideal. So yeah, volatile analyst and Chipstead. Um, volatile analyst, I think, is eights or nines. And what race at Bath? Uh, five ten, Chipstead. Mm. Might not be any prices um, yet. Sevens ish. Oh, fair enough. I thought you were going to say seven to two when you started with the seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, <laughs> we're both seven, eight, nine, something like that for both. Okay, very good. Um, that's it then. Uh, naps, please. Uh, I'll go for the aforementioned Chipstead, as he's a bigger price than I expected. Okay, Harold. Um, Dubai, Dubai for me in the Hungerford Stakes. I, I can't, I can't understand why on earth he's fourteen to one. So at that price, yeah, he's, he's the nap. Okay, and mine is Eileen Dover. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it. Thanks everyone for watching. Um, fingers crossed we have some more winners than last week. Hopefully the ground stays as it is, which always helps us. And as I said earlier, do check out Gigi's social media and the website gg.co.uk and uh, Andrew Mounties Trend Horses and Daryl Carter is Daryl Carter. So they will put um, written articles up tomorrow as well. So do check those out as well as watching this podcast. And as we said earlier, if you've got any questions or anything you want us to answer, as we did with Andrew earlier, if we can send you any stats and help you out to pick your winners, he certainly will. Uh, thanks very much for watching. We'll see you next week.